Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Startup Parent Podcast. This is the show where we get to talk to working parents, entrepreneurs, business leaders, and creatives about what it looks like to raise kids and also build companies. I'm your host, Sarah K. Peck. It has been so long since I have been able to sit down and put together a real podcast that I almost feel like I've forgotten how to do it. To be completely honest, I also feel the same about my social skills and my work skills and my life in general. It's like I don't quite know how to put the pieces back together again. And I'm sitting here thinking, oh, I should podcast. And then honestly getting stuck thinking, how do I do that? So Before I dig in, I'm going to start with some dance music because that usually makes me feel better. What we went through last year and what we are still going through is pretty much beyond comprehension and imagination. It's really, really hard to think about in one entire picture what last year 2020 was like and what we are still living through. Many of us are still trying to survive. Many women are out of work. Many people are just starting to pick up the pieces from last year and figure out what's going on. Some folks are getting vaccinated. Some people are returning to childcare. Some people didn't have as much of a disruption. Some people are grieving quite deeply and I have heard from so many people that we don't have a clear roadmap for grief or recovery. Where do we go? How do we return to life? Because it doesn't look like what it used to, although we so desperately want things to go back to normal. I will tell you this in case it helps. I personally have been a bit paralyzed and I've been struggling to get back into podcasting. Part of it is logistical. I just haven't been able to record while children are home. Every time I sit to the microphone, I start talking they, it's like flies to honey. They just come right over and they're like, mom, mom, what are you doing? So I had to pause podcasting for so much of 2020. I tried to make it work with Foxer conversations and hiding in corners and doing it during nap times, but I couldn't keep up the rhythm and I couldn't think. I just could not get my brain to work in the way that I wanted it to work. My children only recently went back to school full time. And uh, because they are back at school, I am able to think about coming back to the microphone again. But another part of it is capacity. I went out down the landscape of my projects. I had a whole plate full of work and I cut way back. I cut the company projects down and we cut out the podcast for the most part, but I kept the Wise Women's Council going and I kept the newsletter going and those, and I kept key clients. And that was it. That was all I could manage. And I did so in a, in a like grasping at being able to keep going. Part of it, too, is I am struggling because I don't fully know what conversations to have and where to go next. So with that laid bare on the table, I reached out to my friend Carrie Fortin. Many of you know her as one of the co-hosts from earlier episodes in the Friendship Series. If you listen to episodes 81 through 86, I had her on the show and we just talked about anything and everything. She is a dear friend and a collaborator and someone I've known for a long time. And I talk so often to her and I just open up the curtain and we share what's going on. So I told her I had this conundrum first that my voice felt shaky and unclear and hesitant. I didn't know if I could think in full sentences, let alone in full paragraphs. And also I'm 
kind of lost at sea as a podcaster. I have this, this pile of interviews I've done from the before times, and I'm just frozen about them. Where do they go? Where will they live? And she said, Sarah, I think we actually need to talk about this. Like, I think we need to tell the truth of what we're experiencing because people are experiencing so many things right now, and we can't just jump back to normal. I don't know if showing up with, yeah, I'm going to use air quotes here, the answers is really going to be the path forward. This is a new reality for so many people right now. And we've been through so many things that have fundamentally shifted so much of our life. It's affected us in so many ways. So the conversations we would have had before aren't the same as the ones we need to have right now. My friend Jenny Blake, who has a new podcast coming out, you should check it out. It's called Free Time. She shared with me that sometimes you just have to let things fall into the content casualty jar. Sometimes writing gets put on the chopping block. Sometimes interviews get cut. Things fall to the cutting room floor, and that is part of the process. So I invited Carrie back to the show to join me today to have a chat between friends and to talk about some of what we've been through over the last year of the pandemic. This is not a scripted conversation. In fact, uh, it took us like 18 different microphones to try to figure out. We couldn't even get the settings right on our computer. And we just stared at each other across video and thought to ourselves, like, can we even like, are we, can we do this? Can we pull this off? We finally got the recording going by syncing it to her cell phone with one very old pair of microphones, uh, but our headphones. So it's going to sound like just a phone call. We both had 90 minutes with childcare at the same time across different time zones. So this episode is some of our story, just talking to each other and trying to make sense of 2020 and what we've been through. I feel it so deeply in my bones that we need to take time to share our stories and tell each other what we've been through over the last year as a way to make sense of it and process it. And so that's what we're doing here today is having an informal a non-linear conversation between friends about some of what we went through over the last year. Okay, it just it just started recording. Um, hi, Carrie. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Okay. Um, okay, everyone listening, Carrie and I are attempting to do a podcast, and we just spent <laughs> like 20 minutes just trying to get our microphones set up again well this, um, I was just realizing I'm surrounded by one two three four um, pairs of headphones and two separate microphones and I'm now calling you wired in from my cell phone on my partner's old headphones so there you go it took, yeah it took us like 10 minutes just to be like can you hear me no no so no I'll just let you know that I've I've now washed three sets of headphones in the washer and so half of my headphones make me sound like I'm underwater when I'm speaking to someone. <laughs> yeah. Well, my uh, one and a half year old loves AirPods and AirPod cases. And so she has like sucked on the left one of like <laughs> two pairs. <laughs> and of course, I'm like, why not the right one on the other pair? And then we'd be set. Um, and so, yeah, same thing. Like I can hear perfectly, but no one can hear me. And so, yeah, yes. I just... I, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it feels like a metaphor, a metaphor for women in the patriarchy. Just like, it's like, can anyone hear me? No, no one can hear me, but I can hear you. I see what's happening. It's like, um, who's the story? Pandora or Cassandra or whoever is like the one that like, I can see the future, but no one believes me. That's kind of like, yeah, yeah, Cassandra. Yeah, Yeah. that is it. Oh, geez. Yeah. Actually, my, um, 
one and a half. Nope, they're not one and a half. Yours is one and a half. The um, <laughs> my children, the, the children I have, both love AirPods. <laughs> they love the cases and they love opening. And they love putting them in and out of the case. Yes, opening and closing. I know. And like the my one and a half year old tries to, like tries to kind of stick them in their her ear, but with like the you know the more pointy side. And I'm like, oh god, <laughs> the last thing we need is to like puncture an eardrum. Don't burst your eardrum. AirPods. <laughs> Oh, that's so true. Um, okay, so people listening, um, thanks for joining us. And I, Carrie and I, I was talking to Carrie about um, getting back into podcasting. And I guess I just want to start this episode with like a confession, if we will. Uh, uh, basically, like, so right now we're recording. It's March 2021. Uh, we're on, the, we're in the, the muddle of not being done with a pandemic, but being a year into a pandemic. And last year, trying to get through the year, I scheduled everything like a mad woman and I tried to make everything work. And I, I mean, I just was, I think I was just so efficient and like desperate and just trying to make everything work. And I did, I made things like thing. I like did it kind of, but now here a year later, I just feel so confused and muddled. And honestly, I feel like I'm a little scared to podcast again. That's what I'm trying to say. I, I, I called Carrie and I was like, Carrie, I need to keep podcasting, but I feel like I've forgotten how, like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do this anymore. I don't know. Like, I don't think my voice works. I don't think my brain works. I don't like you and I just spent 20 minutes trying to get our microphones to work. <laughs> like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and, and so I just want to start there. I have felt so frozen in getting back into things. And Carrie, you told me something that was really helpful. You're like, I think people need to hear that this is what we're going through. Like, I think that it's really useful to see that it's not like, I'm just going to come back to the microphone and say like, hey, everyone, everything's perfect. And here's the answer. And let me tell you, nothing has changed. And I have like, that's not where I am. I don't have that ability to do that right now. Yes, yes. And I think, again, just for myself, um, my year has been different and very similar to yours. And I think for all of us who have tried, I mean, whatever your year has looked like, you know, I've alternated between like giving up and just being full time you know, home with my kids and then missing my work and then waking up at four and then staying up until midnight. And I just feel like the year has been, you know, that longest, shortest time of like a blur of just being not at my best, like not at full capacity. Um, you and I had talked a lot. I am so inspired by you around this, around like resiliency and building in backups and backups and backups and all of that. So that way when stuff happens, which it does, you're, you're okay. And I just found, you know, I think I texted you this, but after a year of being just pushed beyond my limit, I don't really have any backups remaining you know I don't have a lot of resiliency to push back on I just show up as I am and yeah I worry that that sounds like a not very smart version of uh, my former self yeah I think that uh, yes the resilience is gone um I used it up uh I I, like we had snow day we we got childcare back situated uh this is probably an important note, first of all. Carrie and I are doing this podcast in real time, recording together because we both have childcare again. Mine came back January 11th and Carrie, yours came back like a week ago. When was it? Kind of, sort of. Yeah. It's part yeah, there. My, my, 
yeah. older daughter had some childcare earlier, but this is the first time I've had both of my kids not with me in my house. Um, really yeah. since my youngest was born, you know, cause I was just coming back from maternity leave when this all hit. So this is really like brand, brand, brand new, um, for, yeah. for me, yeah. for us. So, so that's where we are. And this is like the honest version of where we are. And we had, we had childcare start again, January 11th. And then we, we had a bunch of like really big snow days in February. And I, I, the rage, the shaking, the anger, I was like, they need to go. I cannot, no, I cannot go back. And I, it was astonishing both how skittish and scared I feel that we're going to lose childcare again, but also like whenever there's like a disruption, I'm like, it's like, no, you have to take them. Like I cannot. And I don't, I'm, I'm inside of that. Right. I don't, I don't have a like, and then I did 10, you know, sits baths, not sits baths, uh, soaks, floats. I did 10 <laughs> floats and I went for a swim and I feel better and a hike. Like I, it's real. Yeah. It's here. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And just speaking of this, okay. I just realized that next week is my kids spring break from their daycare. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. They're like, I like you, but please, somebody, anyone, anyone <laughs> can be with them right now. Um, that is not me or my partner, if uh -huh. I have a partner. So, okay. Uh -huh. So today, it, people listening, I just like, uh, my one goal is to like show up as we are. And then also, um, as I'm trying to figure out how do we move in this space like how do we move forward how do we like make sense of the last year how do we heal how do we recover one of the things i lean on a lot is storytelling i think that just having space to talk about what happened is so deeply important and therapeutic and so where i want to start is um is with like you and i just talking about what the last year was like like what did we live through mm -hmm. and that's going to take longer than a 45 minute podcast <laughs> to do, mm -hmm. but I I'd love to start with that and give people a glimpse into, Hey, I'm Sarah. This is Carrie. Carrie's calling in from a phone. So her audio is not as great, but we can hear her. So we're going to carry forward. We're going to go on <laughs> we're keep going. Um, and just talk about, you know, what it was like. And so I, that's such a big question, but Carrie, do you even have the ability to look back and tell us a little bit of what it was like. I mean, tell us you were coming out of uh, maternity leave, right? Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that? Yeah, it's, it's really, um, it's interesting. So I had had my second child, um, fourth pregnancy, second child in October, she was born at the beginning of October and I'm not much of a winter person, um, lived in the Bay Area for over a decade, and now I'm in Boise, Idaho. And so I kept saying to my husband, I was like, you know, we just have to make it to like March. If we can just make it to March, we'll be able to be outside again, see our friends again, the days will get longer. So if we just make it to March. And so I found I spent a lot of my maternity leave. Um, I knew it was my last child, so I, I savored it a lot more. But I also, I you know, I also just... I was using up my, like burning through my resiliency already because I had in my mind, if we can make it to spring, it'll all be better. Um, and I was just going back to work. You know, I had taken like 12 full weeks for myself, eight weeks to sort of ramp up. And so I was still in like a part-time middle space um, when the pandemic hit. And 
we had a part-time nanny who we, who has, you know, high risk issues. And so we sent her home and with a, like a whole month of pay, just being like, I'm sure you'll be back before this, but you know, just in case I don't want to like leave you hanging. And it's so funny because I really wish I had kept a journal of like my mindset because I'm like, what part of me Ooh. on March like 10th of last year really thought that my nanny would be back in two weeks <laughs> and we'd be through this. Like I I'm so fascinated. But so what ended up happening was because I'd been home with my kids and because my five month old was on a bottle strike. But again, I figured I bought like a bunch of new bottles and figured when the nanny came back, we'd figure it out. Um, yeah. I ended up like backsliding um, into I say this like very like 1950s housewife role where because I had been home and because I had been with the baby, I continued to be with the baby. And because my husband is in a, um, like in a salaried regular role, we prioritized that. Um, and it was really scary. You know, he took a pay cut. We were, we were so in the beginning, we were just so afraid, but also felt like it would be very short. Um, and so I feel like the decisions that we made we're all reactive rather than proactive, you know, like the way we ended up functioning as a family um, was like that. And so we had a fine spring an okay summer. And then I found I was just more and more just worn down. And by the time this past winter came, it was just, it was, it was not great. It was not great. Um, I, you know, got back in touch with my therapist, but I was having a lot of, I think, postpartum anxiety mixed in with pandemic anxiety. Um, I live in the same town as my in-laws, and so we were just constantly trying to navigate a safe way to see them. And, you know, that fear of, like, going to the grocery store and then accidentally killing, like, your parents or something. Like, just the layers that I was trying to balance between, like, I'm bored out of my mind at home, you know, as Glennon Doyle said, like dripping with children, (laughs) exhausted and so bored. And the only people I can really see are these people I'm worried I might kill. And so like, I couldn't, my brain just couldn't even hold all those pieces and couldn't process it. And all of my needs kind of flew by the wayside and my energy decreased. Um, And I feel like I was like in hibernation, like trauma hibernation or something, you know, just like interesting. Yeah. Is that a thing? I don't know. No. You know, like moving really slowly, packing on the weight for winter, no (laughs) desire to exercise, just like really, right? Like overwhelmed, exhausted, and bored out of my mind and lonely. Like really, really missing. I, I consider myself like an extrovert, introvert hybrid, but I have a couple of close relationships that mean the world to me. Um, and so I found actually it was nice to talk like to you more because I should, it's not that I should be seeing you and I'm not, it's, this is how we, this is how our relationship is. We talk on the phone. And so it didn't feel as much like a loss as it did with friends where I would normally just go to their house and put their kids on my lap and talk. Um, that felt like right. a huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. Dinners with yeah. people like, and even the yeah. work of having to set something up where you're like, well, we're going to be in a playground, but it has to be like six feet apart. And then I'll bring this food and you'll bring the wipes and pray it doesn't rain. And right. then it rains and you're like, and we'll I can't plan another one. <laughs> I know. Like in our kissing each other. Yes. Yeah, exactly. When it's like, and, <laughs> and I find too, 
just how much I've internalized saying to my now three-year-old again and again and again, like we give each other space. We don't go in homes. We don't do this. We don't do that. That when I now think about like coming out of this, I have a lot of weird anxiety about like returning to normalcy. Um, No, I never want to be on a New York city subway again. Like what, how did we ever think 250 people in a locked box was a good, like breathing on each other was a good idea. I think about even going to like an exercise class, going to a yoga class where like the most relaxing part are the like kind of crazy deep, like lion breath exhales. (laughs) And I'm just going to be like, you know, envisioning it's like purple and red, like colors shooting out of everyone's mouth and like coating me. Like I just, I don't know. We all get temperature checks before we go to yoga just to avoid it. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, Carrie. I can't. I just, just, it's really hard to think about all like we're in this. Okay. I just, I want to, I want to, I was looking at my phone and you know how they have like memories. I have an iPhone. So it tells me mm-hmm. like, oh, on, this, on this day, a year ago. And I'm like, you need to stop that phone. Like, I don't know if I can relive this, but also yeah. it showed me pictures from last August and I'm holding my kids' hands and all three of us are wearing masks, but they're also, we're also wearing swimsuits. We're all wearing swimsuits, masks. They've got their floaties on. We've got our flip-flops on and we're like walking down to the local pool because over the summer things got better. And mm-hmm. we were able to do activities mm-hmm. with social distancing. And so they would let 50 people in the pool for three hours and then they close the pool for an hour and then the next, and they're like, you know, that was the level of risk we were comfortable with. Um, you know, you just didn't play with other kids in the pool. Each family had kind of their own space and it was outdoors. Plus there was really low viral risk and they took the temperature of everyone. Right. But I just look so happy. Like I look, I just look so like, all right, we're wearing masks and we're getting through this. And I remember that yeah. vaguely as my summer experience of like, there was a hard, that hard um, bell curve in March and April, which really, you know, New York City and New York lived through more than Right. I was going to say your, yeah. your experience in the spring. Was, so, so like our experience in the spring was going to Home Depot and like building a sandbox and getting chickens and like finding a certain amount of novelty in what we perceive to be like a short amount of time home without huge fear you know like it was still scary in the beginning of March I I did like my pandemic grocery shop you know like everyone else to like empty toilet paper aisles and so like that was scary but the home part wasn't as scary as like for you being truly in the heart of the outbreak oh refrigerated trucks like it this it was you know but then you see the rest of the country like but I remember my friend in Italy living through this before and she was like you all are being so dumb this do not think that this won't happen to you right but then you watch the west coast um, so my family is from California and I watched there was just shutdown after shutdown after shutdown but there was no big outbreak and so there was no like like relationship between we're doing this and and the lack of consequence is something that's important to us because they hadn't seen the consequence yet. Not that you want to, right. but they're just, so, and then, you know, California is growing weary and other places like this. Of, we've been shut down for months and right. this is awful for us in all sorts of different reasons. But so then after August, we start to go into the fall season and, and it's like the winter, this has been so much worse um, because the long-term effects of social isolation and social distancing and the like mm-hmm. wearing down of our batteries and then the mm-hmm. just the like not having the energy or the capacity to cope. I started the pandemic with a one-year-old and a three-year-old and now I have a two a two-year-old and almost five-year-old like I just 
that doesn't the math doesn't quite make sense but you you listeners you get it I think <laughs> yeah. one, one, one and a half and a three almost four-year-old in that's right thank yes. you yes. <laughs> no it's yes. like two and a half and Thank you, Carrie. Like, yeah. please just understand what I'm saying. My words aren't working. Um, <laughs> this is why I'm so afraid of podcasting. I'm like, but will I make sense? No, that's okay. That's where I am. Um, but yeah, it just it, like the what you say about the map of the mindset too. Like, in the mm-hmm. beginning, in I have the stamp on Amazon when I um, when I bought things, and I bought things before most of my friends bought things. Like. I am a warrior at heart. I'm a planner at heart. I'm an overthinker. And so like I have my February 27th Amazon, like that's when I started buying things. And I told Alex, I was like, listen, if I buy lots of cans of tuna and mayo, we'll just use it when we go camping this summer. Uh, like I just did the risk reward ratio here is like, I want to do it. I want to do it before there's a rush of the grocery stores. And then I thought I was like so savvy because I bought chia seeds and I was like, these are really healthy foods that last a long time in the cupboard. Like what? Like just... I don't even know. I I remember you telling me that you're like, here's the deal. You probably need two weeks of food, which means you should get four weeks of food. And these are the things that save. And this is going to remember being like, okay, this is what Sarah said. Here's what I do. And I'm doing my shop. And I had a friend who was, um, who was at, who ended up running like COVID unit here at the hospital. Um, And he said to me in like early February, when I remember my in-laws were supposed to go to France in April, maybe. And in early yeah. February, I was talking to him about it. And I was like, you know, I feel a little bit nervous seeing what's happening in Italy, you know, all this stuff. And then being like, I think maybe I'm going to ask them like not to go or to research what if they're going to go or not. And again, it's like this mindset where like, oh my gosh, by April, like there was no choice, right? Like within a week, everything yeah. was shut down. All these things happened. And we, we have a friend whose older daughter born on March 10th. So she was just turning two. We met her at the park on the 10th, me and my two kids, their family. And then, um, and the mom was very pregnant and she, the next day was like declared a pandemic, NBA shut down. She went in, they were clearing out the hospital of all voluntary like surgeries. And this friend is also an OB. And then she went in, was induced, had the baby on the 12th to like a hospital where no one could visit, nothing could happen. And then no one got to see her baby. And then like, we were at the park on the 10th. (laughs) You had a baby on the 12th that I never got to see. Like how, how did that happen? And how did our mindset, like how long did it take our brains to catch up to the reality of what was happening? Mm. Um, Yes. Okay. Okay. I have two things, which means I have to write it down um, because I won't remember (laughs) both of them. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say in response to that one. Um, the oh my god, I've already forgotten one mindset. Oh god. Oh, okay. So one is Emily Oster, and the other one is mm-hmm. about all the all the people who became moms this year. Those are. Mm-hmm. So let's see if we can let's see if we can say talk about both of those. But okay, the first one is, I also sense that like mindset wise, um, I've gone from like preparing and planning to managing and coping to being comfortable with like a a, a small amount of risk being like, okay, here's the scoop. We take some risks. We do our best. We wear masks, like still like relatively optimistic, even though childcare was hard. I was holding steady through a lot of it. Like, okay, we wear masks. We use hand sanitizer and we don't go indoors with other people. We can handle this. We can make it through. We still were scheduling play dates with friends on the weekends um, because my two-year-old wears a mask. He like asks for one. He's like, no, you forgot my mask. I'm like, what? But we like, 
acceptable level of risk, but then something shifted October, November. I mean, also there's the election, which I'm just not going to touch that bubble right now because I don't know if I can. I think I'll just yeah. be crying. Yep. But, um, yep. There's just so much of the last year. and But then something shifted, and I don't know if it was around, I don't know when. And Emily Oster writes a little bit about this, I think, in that we shifted from like tolerating low risk to maybe trying to optimize for no risk for zero. Like we will get no one sick. We will behave perfectly. Like, and I don't know if that is, that came from a sense of needing to control, like when the environment is so overwhelming and so unpredictable and chaotic, like I'm grasping for anything we can control. And I'll just speak from my own experience. Cause I'm not going to be able to yeah. analyze all humans, right. That's just not a puzzle I can, I can do or anyone can do, uh, but just like, to me, I felt it shift where I was like, and now like no one can die, which I don't actually have control over, but I just felt so much more beaten down and defeatist and um, like stringent and strict about it all. Like these are the things we must do. And I, I don't know when that happened, but it's affecting me now as we're in this middle season, my friends from the Midwest call this season mud like the Chicago and, mm-hmm. and Wisconsin areas, they're like, well, no, no, there's like, there's snow and then there's mud, like when it thaws out. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. so I feel like we're in that mud season two of the pandemic where, you know, like we're mm. starting to get vaccines. It's starting to get lighter, but I'm feeling really scared. And I feel like I'm swimming, I'm stomping through mud and I'm like, this is unpleasant. Like what's happening? I thought it was supposed to get better. Yes, yes. Yes, to that, Sarah. The and again, I wonder if this is a part of just like our brains catching up with what we've been going through, you know, yes. or like that that experience of like when Brene Brown interviewed the two sisters who were talking about how when we like burnout, they wrote a book. They're about burnout. Thank you. <laughs> this is like I don't know words, but I know details. Okay, but just talking about how burnout is that feeling of like the hyperdrive of being in the action and being really concerned and having all this going on and then not being able to like wash your body of it, not being able to complete the process of like letting go yes. of that anxiety and how that's what leads to burnout. And I think that that's just where we are. Like we've been holding through cycle upon cycle upon cycle of anxiety. Like we have not even touched on George Floyd on the protest on the election and how that basically coincided with 100,000 cases, which remember we thought was like impossible before skyrocketing, you know, up to like three times that. The instruction, you know, like the violence against Asian Americans, like we we are holding inside of our bodies all these things and we're not able, like, we're not able to be together to talk about them and to process them. And like, let alone like dance it out or shake it out or sing it out or do anything joyful to like process it, but not even allowed to like come in for the hug hug of the person we want to. Yeah. And like cry and talk that through. Um, So I, yeah, I feel like that, that is like one big thing. And then I, when you were talking about Emily Oster, I've just so appreciated her language around this. Yeah. Because she was saying in the beginning, we did these really aggressive lockdowns because our sense was we needed to give our hospitals time to like arm up. We didn't want people to die unnecessarily because of overcrowding. We needed to like shut everything down so that way we could open back up gradually into like a world where it was safer. And we didn't really optimize on that initial shutdown time, but that we've carried that with us, this idea of like 
no risk is acceptable versus what's going to be our future. You know, she believes that the pandemic will be around, it will be endemic. So like the flu or cold and it'll cycle seasonally and be around. And if we have great treatments and vaccinations, it will just be um, like the flu, you know, where unfortunately it really can harm young children or, you know, adults or whatever who are not well, right. but that the rest of the population will be able to mostly go about their lives and just like hand sanitize if they're with people. Um, yeah. And so like, we need to now make that transition out of like, we never go inside, we never hug, we never do this to like, okay, right. <laughs> we are right. going to take, like gradually we're going to take some risks, which also like are so crucial for mental health. Like I've never felt more tangibly the experience of like poor mental health yes. um, than I have over the past year. And just like, I don't know, would it have been better for me to like sit in my friend's house, you know, for us to like sort of quarantine and then spend like a week together and just like vent and cry and do whatever. Like I, probably that probably would have been like a better long-term strategy for me. Um, but oh, I, I feel like I'm I trapped need. in the bottle of body of a 14 year old. I like my, I am, yeah. I am so anxious and so um, stressed. And I over, like, if I overthink things like when in a good time and, you know, two or three times now I overthink them like four or five times, but also that trip of, did I say the right thing? Is this like, I'm just so socially awkward right now. It's, yeah, it is astonishing. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, we're weighing all these risks, like we're using our frontal, you know, it's like planning, yes. you know, risk mitigation, all of these things. And then it's like, and I'm super anxious and I haven't seen anyone and I haven't hugged anyone. And like, I miss that, but I'm also nervous about it. Like, I don't, so it just scary. feels like a yes. lot to be running in the background of like <laughs> our brains constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I almost don't, okay, I don't, I don't want to say the next thing out loud, but I'm going to, because it's hard, but what I'm afraid of is mm -hmm. that, like, we have these visceral memories from March, April, May, June, November, October, love last year, um, each for a different traumatic reason, and, and with the return of that time with the return of the seasons I'm really scared that like my body has that memory trapped inside of me and so I'm going to live through that experience and be totally disoriented by it because I won't know why and I won't get it and this is some of the work that I'm doing in therapy but it's just like I I am expecting I was like oh I'm gonna get a vaccine and I'll feel better I just got my first jab in my arm yesterday and I'm like just jittery and I'm like what do I do I don't know what to do I like this is hard you know it's not the experience I was expecting and also I just feel so much overwhelming and outpouring of like oh right it's March and we've been here for a year and um yeah. I'm not the person I was I am so different I'm so scared I'm like I can't speak in complete sense. I mean I can I'm doing it right now but it just doesn't feel that way right and um yeah. and I'm so nervous that like and this is you know anxiety 101 I suppose but it's I'm just so scared of 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 having to process everything Carrie yes Sarah, I, I hadn't thought of it in that way specifically until you just said it. Like, and I, somebody had said this, um, a friend had said, you know, this idea that there was an article in the Atlantic saying all of these things that we've gone through in the past year, like a part of 
moving forward as a person is not just experiencing them, but having them reflected back at you, like having a gathering of people around you and saying like, that was a hard mental health time for you. You became a mother, you lost your parent, you lost your job. Like all of these huge things that we have then like sat by ourselves and like for either, you know, some people and probably process it and sat with it. Other people like the bodies shut down. Other people uh, watch We're every reality surviving. show they yeah. could think of. Yeah. To like avoid feeling those feelings. And so we're going to come out yes. of this. And it's not like we've like exactly what you said, like we haven't moved past what has happened. We've not even started feeling what's happened. Like time has moved past it and our brains have haven't. Yeah. Um, Carrie, I'm definitely in that third bucket of what would you say? Like watching a lot of reality television. I've watched, yeah, I'm uh, like, do you want to talk five about five seasons? <laughs> Come on. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I just started uh, guys. I really recommend if you are a reality TV person and you watch Bravo at all, please watch married to medicine. It's really under hyped and it's the best show <laughs> of the franchise. Original Atlanta, not LA. I watched all eight seasons all at once. I can't get, can't say enough good things. Um, I have a therapist yeah, friend right? who loves, um, what's the book called? Uh, what it's, uh, overboard, uh, oh, below know. deck. It's called below deck. She oh, just, below she's deck. like, oh, yeah, like I've watched that also. Okay. She's just such a fan. I haven't gotten into it yet. My, my thing right now is I'm watching offspring, which is this Australian show. That's like, it's, it's kind of a drama, kind of soap oppy, but it's, um, it has a flavor of, oh, what's that show? Uh, Grey's Anatomy like a little bit it's like a doctor mm, but a family mm-hmm. drama but like it's it's so, like the storylines are unbelievable I um the 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 it's about the the lead is an obstetrician so she's like constantly delivering babies throughout the whole season I have watched five seasons 13 episodes I've watched 65 40 minute episodes just so for context but um but like I sob like I like yeah. I'm like that baby's losing their damn, like, I just cannot, and, like, I, I watched, like, 10 episodes on a Sunday when I, um, we daycare back, my husband and I, we took turns giving each other a day to be a vegetable, just to be, like, you know, like, what do you need? You want to just, like, eat food on the couch? You do it, and I will get the children onto iPads as best as possible, like, that is our parenting strategy for the day, and so I watched, mm-hmm. like, 10 episodes, and I cried four different times. I just saw, and I, I would tell Alex, I'd, like, take my headphones out, and be like, this, the mom, and the dad, and the dad, just, and he was like, do you need to stop? Like, do you, do you, is this good for you? <laughs> like, are you gonna, oh, God, I just think yeah. I need it, I need to, like, let myself cry a lot yeah um, and I'm using this television as a like as a way to like kickstart it um because there's just so much um grief burnout exhaustion yeah. fatigue anger like Carrie you mentioned that book by the um I think you say Nagoski Emily and Amelia Nagoski I happen to know it because yeah. it's on my desk right now um but I like on my desk right now I have Peter Levine's Levine's healing trauma I have a grief recovery handbook I have burnout I have a book called it's okay that you're not okay I've broken open by Elizabeth Lesser like I am obsessed with thinking about this and my my coping mechanism is I try to understand things so I try to just read a lot about it um which other people will, you know, they'll be like, wow, you talk about this on the podcast. You wrote about this in an article. You must understand it. I'm like, no, I'm just desperately trying to understand it. There's a difference, but yeah, I just, it's so overwhelming, all of this. It's so overwhelming. And I think we're all going to like have these experiences of like, 
sobbing at commercials, you know, like dropping your cup. Like I've done things where I like drop my coffee and I just start hysterically crying, you know, it like splashes back up at me and it's the coffee I just bought. And I was so tired and I said, whatever. And then I just like crumple because it's like just too The world is now officially too much. Like, yeah. it, why are you, you crying? Because I can't get coffee. <laughs> I'm at 99.9 and now coffee stains the only pair of pants that fits my body and now I quit I just quit um That's right. yeah and so That's I don't right. I don't know and then I think sometimes too like it's it's spring here now and I just started mountain biking last like summer slash fall um yes. and it is like I'm not I, I do it to just like feel strong and to be out in the world in like a peaceful way. And I, I have created this new playlist that's just like euphoric to me specifically. And mm-hmm. I also find that I've got these feelings, you know, where it's like I do a big climb and I look out in the world and I like, I'm hearing a song I like, and I also cry. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that my brain and my feelings and my body are all going to be in alignment for a while. And I think I just have a backlog of stuff that like has to come out. I a thousand percent understand that. I, that, that feeling of being out of sync. You're just like, well, now mm-hmm. I'm doing something that feels good, but now I can't, now I'm crying. Like why now? And right. then also like, why, right. like just like stuff keeps bubbling up and, and needing to get it out. I think the, like, we can't expect to be the same as before. Um, every time somebody talks about going back, you know, it's like, oh, and then we're going to go back. Like that, that concept doesn't make sense to me because what I, what we've been through has changed me. Like I'm a different person. My voice is more scared. Um, I think there's more parts of me that are really fragile. There's people or um, projects or dreams that have been lost. And, mm-hmm. and so I just like, I, I don't know if you told this to me or I heard it maybe it was my cousin, but this concept of there was before, there's the pandemic, there's right now, and then there's next, right? We don't, it's not, we're not going to return to what was before. And um, there's a lot that was broken about what was before. And I, I don't, I, yeah, I just am trying to allow that to be what it is. And then also understand that my body feels so out of sync. Like, it's like being pregnant when you're, when you're like, oh, if I turn sideways, I can squeeze through this and you try and you're like, no, 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 I cannot. Like, uh-huh. like I got wider. Like, like, this is not, you know, but my yes, brain my is mental model for my body is not accurate. It's just not totally, accurate. Yes. Totally. My mental models yes. for the world around me, like for who I am, for how I cope, it's just all so out of sync. Um, okay. I haven't, I have a big note here on my, on my, I'm taking, I'm like, you know, scratching notes that don't make any sense, but I circled it like six times because I said two things (laughs) before. I was like, Emily Oster and the other thing. Okay. The other thing is, oh my goodness. I think so much about the people who became parents in a pandemic, Mm -hmm. people who are pregnant and no one saw, Mm -hmm. um, people who gave birth, people who like haven't met other people haven't met their babies yet, like what you were saying mm-hmm. before. And, and what you said about how, like, we need our lives to be reflected back to us by other people. Like, it's part of how we make sense of the yeah. world. Never before have I felt so much, like, how important our interconnections are. Like, our community is not this, like, nice to have, like, dinner party or quilting party after work. It is an essential part of how I understand myself. And who I am and what I've gone through. And like every moment from 
going to a coffee shop and talking to the barista hey how's your kid right because he just had a baby and he's like oh how's your toddler and you know how's this going even just conversations about the weather are reflecting back to me like I'm a person and I live in the world and I'm having an experience and I miss that so much on the small scale but then on the big scale where it's just how do you orient yourself as a parent when no one sees that you're a parent I just that that puzzle to me is so challenging and so I think about every single person who listens to this podcast and I wonder if any of the episodes before the pandemic are even remotely useful um and I wonder what do we do like what do we like you know like does past does does 2017's episode have any relevance today I I, no it's probably not like like we and I have I have 15 episodes I recorded that I can't edit because I don't know how to make sense of them. Like, I don't, I'm like, does yeah. this belong in this new world? I don't know where it goes. And, you know, I go to email right. and I'm like, oh, I have to reply to this person that I interviewed and it's been six months and I get that it's a pandemic, but I'm still frozen. Cause I'm like, where does this go? And yeah, I don't, I don't have any answers. It just, it's just a big, big thing. Sarah, that's think, such Mary? a good point. Right. I think about all the advice that like I might have offered, like, make sure you ask for help, you know, like let people help you out, like do these things, like, you know, all of the stuff that we would say to a brand new postpartum mom um, or a pregnant mom or anything. And I just, yeah, I think about telling of um, birth stories and telling of like experiences, especially ones that are, are maybe like scary or hard and how you integrate them. Like I was talking with someone and we (laughs) were kind of joking about like buying the outlet, you know, the thing that you can put on the baby's foot to monitor the heart rate or the heartbeat or the blood oxygen level, whatever it is, because like SIDS is so scary and all of these things and how like normally you would get together with maybe a woman you've never even met before, but happens to be in your like breastfeeding class or a friend who comes over and you just get to say like, oh my gosh. And then last night this happened, or someone will say to you, like, you know, you look like you're not really um, walking that great. Like, how are you doing? And then someone gets to say like, yeah, I had a really long labor and then forceps and whatever. And, and all of the ways that in like these casual conversations where we're physically in the same space with people, we get to, and process and hear like that's normal these crazy hard things are normal or or they're not normal and I want to support you or that you know like whatever it is I just feel like we're for moms I yeah that I don't know I I want not able to see each other like literally yeah and then then metaphorically yeah and how important that is for who we are for who we are and I just how much I want for people like when we're processing the backlog of all of these feelings and things we have to go through is like to be able to find a way to talk about you know like say you had your baby in June you know you're going to come out of this with like an almost one-year-old and people are going to ask you about your one-year-old but it's like I kind of want to say like hey how was latching how was how was attempting to breastfeed did you night did you sleep train like what you know just like what were all of the things that you went through when we didn't get to see you and and do you even remember which a lot of us won't because we've gone through so much but how can we like honor and hold space for like all of these things yeah the women who went from like getting their positive pregnancy test in March to like birthing a human, you know, like having no one see them be pregnant, having no one see them 
as a new mom, no one visits in the hospital. Like, yeah, there's so much to have done on your own. To me, like, so I read a lot about the, I'm reading a lot about trauma and grieving because I'm trying to understand, like, I'm, I'm just desperate really to understand what do I do? Um, it's my Achilles heel. It's my coping mechanism. How do, how do we do this? And I, I just, I don't think I under, I don't think I knew how important storytelling was not as like, mm. oh, like I like stories, haha, we go to the movies, but how important stories are and telling our own personal stories and, and talking yeah. about who we are, writing about who we are, sharing who we are is just so essential to being human and how important it is. And I just like, I need, and this is, you know, the goal of this podcast in part is like, we're telling you our stories because we have to, because we need to. And, and I just, I wish there were a way and Carrie, I know you and I are like brainstorming, trying to figure this out, but I wish there were a way to let everyone tell their stories who needs to for as long as possible, as much as possible, like it took, and as pedantic as possible. Like, you know, what, right. tell us about the car ride home. If you took a car ride home, tell us about the hospital, right. tell us about, you know, what did you do? How did you live through it? What was it like for you? Like, I, I, I want to, I wish I could listen to every single story. I cannot do that, but I think there's such a need right now for that. Yes, yes. Just to honor, right? Like the rite of passage from maiden to mother is one of like, it is just one of the most profound experiences of a person's life, however it, however it went, whatever it looked like. And yeah, to go through that in a vacuum, it just means, you know, like I, I've already felt, I feel like you created a startup pregnant and startup parent in order to like, honor this space because we already don't honor it enough yeah. um you know like hearing that in israel they call maternity leave maternity vacation like come on what uh, but yeah. just like no. yeah yeah but just this experience of like we already weren't doing a good enough job of like holding space for and honoring new moms and figuring this all out and so i just feel like yeah maybe there's a really beautiful opportunity to process what happened in the last year hold space for it and use it to move forward in like just a better, a better way, whatever that means. Carrie, Carrie, yes, to all of this. Um, there's so much more here. I think that like eventually we're gonna try to dig into storytelling and grieving and processing and where do we go next and how do we get through this and how do we share our stories with each other? Um, but just thank you for starting this conversation and for being people listening. I called Carrie and I was just like, Carrie, I, I, I want to get back to podcasting. I don't know how. I don't think I can do it by myself because I don't think I can have a complete thought by myself. I need someone to talk to. And Carrie was like, yep. <laughs> so just thank you for joining me and like and sharing a snippet of our story. And then also just being where we are in this fragile and tenuous space. Yeah, Sarah, I am, I have come through this pandemic, right? It's like, we've all been stripped bare. And I have just a couple of relationships in my life that I couldn't get through without. And you and this one we've built is one of them. And I'm just really, really, really grateful for you. And, and your brain and the way you think and feel these things. It's, there's so much there.
So there's a lot of topics that we might get to and we may not get to. I am much warier of making promises um, because I, I, I just don't know what the future holds. And I want to talk about on this podcast, we want to talk about how, how can we recover and how do we build more resilience in neurosystems and what needs to change and why we can't go back to the way things were before, both psychologically, but also because before it wasn't working, right? I have all these topics of things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about the unbelievable grief of parenting. I think parenthood is part and parcel with grief in so many different ways because we lose parts of ourself and and there's so many losses associated with parenting that aren't talked about um but those i'm just going to leave those there as conversation starters and and my wish for people anyone listening is um find someone to share your story with or part of it and say do you want to just talk for a little bit about what we went through without trying to fix it you know without trying to change it i just like we can ask each other questions about what it was like and and go from there. Carrie, until the next one, let's do this again when we can. Childcare, weather, <laughs> microphones permitting. Headphones, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sarah. I can't wait for the next one. Oh, yeah. This could all be over. We're not okay. Shattered glass everywhere. Tears of rage. Waiting for the rain to stop and take my pain away. Why'd you have to be that mean? Why'd you do me that way? We should know that we won't be any better. Can't you see that we are drifting apart? I am through trying to hold us together. I just want it to stop, want it to stop. Smoke spirals off your cigarette. Aha, door slam to figure silhouettes. Is this over? Is this over? Is this over? Can this be over now? Is this over? Is this over? Is this over? Can this be over now? Music from this episode is by Spring Gang called Is This Over and by Gloria Tells, You Can Have It All. Thank you to all of our sponsors that help make this podcast possible, particularly to Nanit, Baby Monitor, and to Splendid Spoon. Thanks to Carrie Fortin for being my guest co-host on this episode and for laying bare everything that is happening in our lives. For those of you that follow Startup Parent and support us, deep, deep gratitude, especially to all the parents out there and the year that we have lived through. To get on our newsletter, go to startupparent.com slash newsletter. We send a letter out every Friday or as often as we can with links, resources, tips, and stories from other working parents. Thanks, everyone, and I'll see you on the next episode. Come on, say, is this over? Is this over?